welcome back to the Joe Gibbs Sportscast. Subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud and or iTunes, and also follow us on Twitter at JG Sportscast. Sorry about the long hiatus there. I know it was about three weeks. So trip to Tennessee before the Bills game threw off our schedule quite a bit, but we're really glad to have you back and should have some smooth sailing from here. We're going to stick with the same format, rolling through the picks. We're going to get to our Eliminator choice, Fantasy Feast and Famine, with a bold prediction as well. We'll get to one of my new favorites in our Side View Mirror games. Also new to the podcast, we're going to throw in a FanDuel lineup and some tips for your regular fantasy season as well. Without further ado, let's get to the picks. First, we got Miami visiting New England here on the Thursday night game. I do love what Dan Campbell has done there. In Miami, taking over for Joe Philbin, they definitely look like a whole new, different team. At the same time, they're playing the Patriots at home. That's just not going to happen for the Dolphins. He's been, he's had a great effort so far there in Miami with Dan Campbell, but uh, I don't see the Patriots losing this game. Next up, we got another London game coming up this week. We got Detroit and Kansas City going across the pond over there. The London Lions has a pretty nice ring to it. I know they're staying in Detroit, but... If you need any sort of running game, you're not going to really find it over there before the Lions. They really need to pick that up to have any sort of shot there at Kansas City. At the same time, Kansas City's been kind of struggling without Jamal Charles. Shondrick West has been doing pretty well there. But at the same time, I think Detroit's offense might be able to overcome it with their passing game and take this one there in London. Tampa Bay's going to be visiting Atlanta. That one's a pretty set-in-stone game. Set up, forget it. Tampa Bay run game is decent, but it's really not going to be enough to overcome the Falcons. They're just going to overpower them. I just don't see the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston overcoming Matt Ryan and the Falcons there. Minnesota's visiting Chicago. It's in Chicago. Chicago's coming off a bye week. I love Elshon Jeffrey. He is was healthy for the first time since week one right before the bye. He looks like he's going to be a top five receiver going going forward, especially with Jay Cutler throwing him the ball. This should be the Chicago Bears offense we would be seeing from now on. We'll be featuring a lot of Alshon Jeffrey. I'm going to take the Bears there. Not a popular pick. A lot of people are picking the Vikings, but I will take the Bears at home. Cincinnati's going to be going into Pittsburgh. Now, Cincinnati, of course, undefeated. Pittsburgh only 4-3. and three. Still not quite sure if Big Ben's going to play. My pick here is going to be contingent on Big Ben playing. If Roethlisberger plays, I'm going to say Pittsburgh is going to take this one at home. The fans there are going to be, of course, going real hard, trying to take over Cincinnati, give them their first loss. They have to lose some time, and if they're going to lose to anybody, I don't see why it can't be the Steelers. Arizona is going to be going over to Cleveland. I don't think this is a terrible eliminator pick. That's not going to end up being my pick. You'll get that a little bit later on. At the same time, it's definitely a safe pick. Unless you're saving them for later, I think Arizona's going to just trounce right through Cleveland. I don't see much of an effort coming out of Cleveland here. I think that even at home, the Cleveland Browns will not put up enough of a fight against Arizona to take that game. We're definitely going with the Cardinals. Tennessee's going to be visiting Houston, and this is, I'm going to call this one the Battle of the Stolen Identity. You're going to see a decent amount of Houston Oilers jerseys over there for the Texans. Of course, you, as everybody knows the story, Tennessee had moved initially from Houston when they were the Oilers, were the Oilers for one year even in Tennessee. Then, of course, they switched to the Titans afterwards. But I think Houston, as much as they've had all that trouble with Ryan Mallett, finally cut him, got rid of the dead weight. I think that'll send a lot, a pretty big message from Bill O'Brien to those guys, and we're not going to tolerate this anymore. They really mean business. Neither team's really playing that well, but maybe Houston's defense will start coming around and actually playing like they should. I think the Texans will take that one at home. 
We've got the Santa Clara 49ers visiting the future past L.A. Rams. The Niners, we thought, would show up this year, have been present and accounted for in the past couple weeks. Colin Kaepernick's definitely struggling. That offensive line doesn't look too good. Passing game's just not quite there. The defense is porous. They just don't have enough guys over there. Too many guys retired. The predator known as Todd Gurley is going to run right through them. I think he's going to continue to flourish in that offense. The Rams passing offense has been a little bit uh, on a lighter side there. They haven't been doing too well, but that's just because Todd Gurley has been running wild. So I, I really think that they're going to do pretty well there in St. Louis for now. Uh, the Rams are going to take that game at home. Next, you got the Jersey Giants visiting the New Orleans Saints. It's really tough to bet against Drew Brees when he's at home. As much as this is really a toss-up game as far as I'm concerned, the Giants have absolutely all the tools to be able to win this game. This isn't more of a, a really signing endorsement for the Saints. I just think that at, at home they can kind of handle the Giants in, in that type of scenario where they'll at least be comfortable with that with that crowd there. I think the Saints will end up taking this one, holding Odell Beckham. Probably still going to get some touchdowns there, but at the same time, I just don't see the Giants overcoming Drew Brees' offense. And we also have the future Los Angeles Chargers visiting the Baltimore Ravens. The Bolts won't be saved in San Diego. They're going to be moving to L.A. There's probably not going to be too much fight there either. They should win this game on the East Coast playing in Baltimore. That Baltimore secondary is really banged up. Not even so much banged up. They just don't have a lot of talent there to begin with. I think Phillip Rivers, he threw 500 yards against Green Bay a couple weeks ago. He's really, that offense is starting to flow a little bit better. Even when they're down, they're always seemingly in the game whenever Phillip Rivers is, is just really clicking with his receivers. I think they're really going to take take Baltimore to the house this time. I don't think it's going to be that close. I really think the Chargers are going to be able to take this one. You got the Jersey Jets going on the West Coast to play the Oakland Raiders. Now, Oakland is on a bit of an uptick. They had a pretty good effort last week. They went up real early on the Chargers, got ahead of them, I think it was like 30-3 to before the Chargers started coming back. Solid performance by Derek Carr last week. I do think the Jets are still going to take this game just because they just have too talented of a roster to lose. I just don't see how the Jets can end up losing to a team in Oakland, even being on the road and over on the West Coast. Seattle's visiting Dallas. There's no way that Seattle's going to lose to Matt Castle either. It's just not going to happen. You can put as much run game as you want. You're actually not even going to see Joe Randall most likely in the Dallas game, not even so much for the potential suspension, but he's also injured as well. So as much as Dallas, you know, they're still waiting for Des Bryant to come back. They, they got a lot of holes to fill before that happens, and Seattle is going to start coming along at some point this year. I really think Seattle's going to end up taking that one in Big D. Green Bay's going to be visiting Denver in the Battle of the Unbeatens. The Broncos might not have lost a game yet. I don't think that trend's going to continue. Old primetime Peyton was as sure a bet as you can get in terms of winning a football game. I think this is going to be a two-year-too-late passing of the torch. Peyton Manning is not going to outplay Aaron Rodgers. That's just not going to happen. Denver's defense is quite solid. They're definitely going to put up a fight. I just don't see where Peyton Manning's going to be able to come back and even at home at this point be able to outduel Aaron Rodgers in this one. In the Monday night matchup, we got the Colts visiting the Panthers. They're going to be in Carolina for this one. I don't think Carolina's quite as good as their record shows. We know they're undefeated. They've been playing pretty well, won some close games. I also don't think Indianapolis is quite as bad as theirs at 3-4. and four. It's just tough to pick against the Panthers at this point. 
you are looking at the records a little bit. Indy's definitely struggled. Luck hasn't played that well. The old guys on the offense aren't quite as clicking, aren't quite clicking as well as you had hoped for with Andre Johnson and Frank Gore there. I just hope to see. Maybe they'll turn it around, help Andrew Luck's fantasy owners out, and a lot of people drafted him pretty early. At the same time, I still think Carolina's going to take this game. Ken Newton's been having a monster year, playing extremely well with limited help on the wide receiver front. Switching next to our fantasy feast and famine this week, yeah, Carson Palmer's having an absolutely monster year. He was available pretty low in most fantasy drafts for where he was going, especially against the likes of Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning, as we talked about. Those guys are being drafted ahead of him in most leagues. I think he's due for another huge game in Cleveland. Cleveland secondary, outside of Joe Hayden, is pretty rough. Dante Hittner over there is not hitting anybody. It's no joke. Carson Palmer's offense there in Arizona is doing real well with Larry Fitzgerald having a pretty good resurgence. Michael Floyd's catching touchdowns. John Brown's catching touchdowns. They just they seemingly can't be stopped very much, as their record has shown this year. So they're gonna have he's gonna have probably one of the better games this year against Cleveland. He's gonna be my fantasy feast player of the week. Our fantasy fam that's gonna be the whole entire Cowboys offense. Like we said earlier, Joe Randall could be out for this game, most likely not going to play. They didn't really have much going for him, even if he was gonna be there. Christine Michaels probably gonna get some more touches, along with of course Darren McFadden went off. I don't know how long he's going to be able to keep it up for. As everybody knows, when he was in Oakland, he was definitely injured more often than not. I don't see how Matt Castle is going to be able to get through that Seattle defense. The fact that they're playing Seattle and it's a backup quarterback coming in, he's only been on the team for like three weeks, that's just a recipe for disaster. That's going to be my fantasy famine of the week. Anybody on the Cowboys offense, unfortunately, same thing for you, Jason Witten. The Eliminator pick that we're going with this week is going to be the Falcons. We did talk about the Cardinals a little bit earlier, saying how they are going to be the safest option here. You can still save them for later. You can definitely go with the Falcons with with a pretty high confidence at this point. I just don't see Jameis coming in, throwing four, you know, two, three touchdowns, and Doug Martin running the ball all over Atlanta. I just don't see how it I really just can't see how it's going to happen I'm going to go with the eliminator picks me the Falcons this week ever since week two when we missed with the Ravens we've been 100% going forward for that so definitely a pretty good choice there for the Falcons my bold prediction is going to be that old Peyton Manning does show up and give us a game for the ages on Sunday night Denver's defense probably going to hold Aaron Rodgers at bay just enough just to give Peyton Manning a chance for some fireworks in the Mile High City. That's going to be a great game to watch. Definitely recommend it. I don't think anybody's going to be missing that one at 8.30 on Sunday night. It's not going to change my pick. I still am going to go with the Packers. I just think that's going to be a really good game and that Peyton Manning's not going to struggle as much as he has this so far this year. Jumping into our side view mirror games, these are going to be the ones that are going to look a lot, they're actually going to be a lot closer than they appear. So as much as you might think some of these games are going to be pretty, won pretty handily, I think they're going to be a little bit closer than what a lot of people are saying. I think the Indy, as we talked about a little bit earlier, the Indy at Carolina game. A lot of people are picking Carolina here, probably by a pretty wide margin. At the same time, if, if, if at, out of control Beard Andrew Luck stays home, then Indy always is going to have a shot. That man, as much as he struggled this year, once he does get hot, once he does start coming back, it, it might take another down three scores late and for a comeback for the Colts, but I just, I'm not counting them out yet. I think they have a good chance against Carolina to make that a game. My next side view mirror game is going to be the Jets visiting Oakland. This is going to be our classic East Coast team playing out West. You really never know which Raiders team you're going to get. It can be the one where Derek Carr is just 
gunslinging, throwing it to Amari Cooper, going off. At the same time, they have the corners there to cover Amari Cooper. So you really, who knows what's going to happen out there in Oakland. It could be just a major, absolute disaster that you've seen sometimes coming out of there out of Oakland at the same time. Could definitely be the Oakland we've seen lately. Can the Jets keep up this torrid pace? They're at 4-2. and two. They're outperforming, actually playing pretty well, especially considering what we thought could be uh, on task for the Jets this year. They've been playing quite quite decent on defense. They're really getting all four. They're starting defensive line back. That's going to be a real interesting way to see if Oakland's going to be able to hang in there with them. My next side view mirror game is going to be the Lions versus KC. As you have seen, I went ahead and picked the Lions in that one over there and over there in London. The majority of ESPN is giving this one to KC, which is understandable. Kansas City's really not so bad. Even losing Jamal Charles, Shondrick West has been playing well. The Lions are just much better, I really think, than they have played so far. I think if they have any sort of resemblance of a running game, then the offense would be electric. It would open up everything for them. You got Eric Ebron going going down the middle, finding a seam. He's been catching some decent touchdowns. It would also allow everything to open up for Golden Tate. hasn't really been getting a lot of targets. He's been talking lately to see if he can get some more targets there on that offense, along with Calvin Johnson. That It's just too much talent there. Matthew Stafford not to do well plus it's really in, it's in London you never know what you're going to get for either teams how they're going to react to playing overseas so I think that's going to end up being a pretty close game I think the Lions will end up taking that one but I think that uh, contrary to what everybody thinks KC's probably going to win that one I think it's going to be a lot closer all right switching gears a little bit here we're just going to talk about the, the Bills for a little bit they are on their bye week I know everybody that usually listens to this typically likes to hear something about the Bills as well after a soul-crushing effort overseas, I think I speak for everyone when I say I've now seen enough B.J. Manuel is trying to be a starting quarterback. He, I know he did come in over for Ty- Tyrod Taylor. Of course, Tyrod Taylor is the starter here, but I, I just don't see A.J. Manuel being able to step in and even come in as a backup to, at this point. Injuries have decimated this team, but it really can't be an excuse in the NFL today. Every team has injuries. I know the Bills have some more than others, but you still have to find a way to win games. They'll have a chance to get hot after Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins return after the bye week. I'm a little bit worried still about losing Percy Harvin. We don't really know too much about the situation. I've heard things all across the board. He might be retiring. It's just a personal issue. He's got a nagging hip injury. Maybe he'll be off for a little bit. He he added really a valuable dynamic to the passing game, and I think it will be tough to fully replace him if he is going to be out indefinitely. He was one of the leading receivers when Sammy was out for the first couple weeks. He just brings a, a really good wrinkle to that offense. The recipe for success for this team is going to be to stay healthy. Of course, that's the main thing, and let the defense do what they do best. Jerry Hughes should never be doing anything but rushing from a 7-9 to nine technique. He shouldn't be dropping in coverage. He shouldn't be crashing down. That man can get to the quarterback on a speed rush or something from the outside every time. Mario is also not a linebacker. He shouldn't be dropping back into coverage either. They really need to stay aggressive, let Darby, Gilmore, hopefully McKelvin coming back off his IR designated to return should be accountable on the back end for whatever happens after that pressure. I think they can hold their own. Darby's been playing extremely well. That pick really has worked out for us from from the second round of this past year. I still think the Bills have some playoff hopes, but they're definitely getting smaller each week, each time they don't win some of these games that they really should have, like last week in Last week versus Jacksonville. Next up, I'm going to give you guys a FanDuel lineup for what I'm picking for this week. I think this is this is going to be for just the main lineup, so there's no Thursday night game included with this. This isn't going to include anybody from the Dolphins and Patriots. This is what most of the games that are available on FanDuel at this time are, go- are going to be for. You'll see the largest amount coming from this main lineup from the 1 o'clock on Monday to Monday night. 
first we're going to start off with Carson Palmer. He's going to be my quarterback choice for this. We're going to go with Todd Gurley is available there for my first running back. My second running back, and this is really where my value pick is. It's kind of a linchpin of being able to select a lot of these higher guys. I'm going with Danny Woodhead. The Ravens' defense does not do too well against the pass. I think Danny Woodhead's going to be able to get out there and maybe catch a couple touchdowns. Just look at his game log. He's he scored touchdowns in a decent amount of games. He's been really good for rece- by catching passes. He gets a couple runs in there as well. He's only, only costing $6,100 right now. Definitely a good value pick there. Next, we're going up with Keenan Allen for pretty much the same reasons we just talked about. Danny Woodhead, he should torch that secondary. He's been doing, he leads the league in catches right now, doing extremely well for Phillip Rivers. We already talked about Elshon Jeffries going to be my next pick there for my second wide receiver. He's not valued quite that high, but I think it's more along the lines that he's been injured for most of this season. He's really only played two weeks, and he's dominated in those two weeks he's played. My last wide receiver is going to be Eric Decker. I think he has a chance to get behind that Oakland secondary a little bit. If Fitzpatrick's slinging it like you know he probably will, then everybody's going to be looking at Brandon Marshall for the most part. Decker could slip through for some touchdowns as he has in the past. My tight end is available for Tyler Eifert. Nobody can cover him out of Pittsburgh. Tell me one person who should be able to do it from that line, from the linebackers or one of the corners there. The, the secondary is not that good to begin with. A.J. Green could likely have a big game there, too. Uh, you got a lot of options there with Marvin Jones to be able to spread the ball around, but I think Eifert's going to be a really main target for Andy Dalton on Sunday. My kicker's going to be Graham Gano there for Carolina. I think their offense has been doing pretty well. He He's a pretty good value pick there. And then my defense is going to be the Atlanta Falcons. They're playing Jameis. They might pick him off a couple times, hopefully get some return scores. Overall, again, this that lineup will leave you with $100 left over. What you're going to really try to switch any of these guys out for $100 players, not really too much upgrade there. Of course, I went back through to see if there's anybody else I could upgrade. But I think it's a pretty solid lineup for what you'd be looking at in terms of FanDuel. I also want to take a moment to talk to you strictly about the regular fantasy football season as well. A lot of trade deadlines are going to be coming up in most leagues. This is really the time where you're going to want to try to make some trades and try to get into your fantasy playoffs. Your team could be poised for a playoff run if you just get that one extra bump, or you could be needing a shakeup to sneak into a playoff spot in the last in one of the last weeks. You could be trying to not finish dead last too, which hopefully that's not the case. But in the in the scenario I'll be presenting this type of trade is truly a win-win uh, and I have definitely been on both sides of it in the past. Really what you're looking for here is really going to be the two or even more for one in terms of the actual trade between two teams. So you definitely have that stud running back or wide receiver that you drafted really high and is killing it right now. The rest of your draft hasn't performed that well and that would be for team one. You can also be the other team that has been solid across the board but your flex spot, I mean you got all these high high talented guys in your main spots your running back receiver positions but you could definitely use a little bit of an upgrade on your flex spot if you could just get that one more high tier player you're really set for the rest of the season the majority of teams in almost any league will fit into one of these two scenarios just do a quick search if you're if you fit into either of these situations which we think you most likely will if you're one of the lower teams don't worry about making that team good team better ideally it'll be a top team really you want them to beat your opponents especially especially if you've already played that team you want them to be better to win and beat those other teams that you're trying to get to lose anyway if you're trying to sneak into one of those playoff spots if you're the higher team, you really need to make it worthwhile for the lower team that you're trading with. Do you really need three good bench wide receivers when you have Julio Jones and Martavis Bryant? Absolutely not. 
you have them to bolster the rest of your roster that's struggling. So really what you want to use them is trade bait and make sure you get the most bang for your buck. Go out and get that one guy that's sitting on the bad team. You're both going to be better off for it. Trading is one of the most exciting parts of fantasy football. It doesn't always have to be a fleecing for one side or the other trying to trick somebody into something. So just get out there, look and see what you got available on the other teams. If you're one of the you know, middle tier teams, look at that top team. See if they got anything on the bench that you can use. Or if you're one of the top teams, just put some trades out there. Have a conversation. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning back in. Uh, don't forget to follow us for updates on Twitter at JG Sportscast and subscribe to us on SoundCloud as well as iTunes for the podcast. On Twitter, we will be talking some NBA pretty soon for you basketball fans. We'll drop in the podcast for that every so often as well. So definitely be on the lookout for that. But I appreciate you listening to our Week 8 podcast, and we'll hope to hear you next week. 